Hey, that's me. Today I'm with Jeremiah Plunkett. Yo again, everybody. Jeremiah Plunkett, Flint Charisma, and once again, we are smack dab on ringside, ready to go with another big week of the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing okay. Can't complain. All right, anticlimactic. <laughs> well, this can't complain because, yeah, last, last week was pretty bad up here in Bowling Green. Yeah, that, that that's true, and we're glad you made it through the uh, the bad storms up in up in Kentucky. But I know Mayfield got hit very very hard. Yeah, Mayfield got leveled, and um, Bonnery got hit pretty bad. Uh, yeah, as of today, seventeen deaths. That's pretty. It's pretty bad. And we got lucky because the tornado, the second tornado, went right behind us. Our apartment is it hit the um, the Corvette plant, which my apartment complex backs into the Corvette plant property. Hit it and tore the roof off. Some of it caught it on fire, so we got lucky. I was actually about to ask that. I'd heard something happen, and I didn't know if it was the Corvette plant or the Corvette museum, because that's also up there, correct? Yeah, it's um, the museum didn't have much damage at all. And now the Corvette racetrack, which is across the interstate from the museum, it got all torn to pieces. And then I guess it jumped back across the interstate and hit the um, Corvette plant. And that's one of our apartments that's right behind it, so... Did it do a lot of bad damage to the plant? It tore the roof and caught some of it on fire, but I don't know I, how bad. I, I know that candle fa- that candle factory in Mayfield. Oh, that was awful, man. I mean, I it 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 kind of sent that to to the foundation. Yeah. No, it just looked like it tore some of the roof off from. It. I didn't really get to see it because we didn't ha- we didn't get TV or internet back until late Sunday night, so I missed most of the the uh, coverage of the destruction you know, of that part. So a uh, little, little quick glimpse of it. I saw it look like it just tore some of the roof off and I said there was a fire inside. So I don't know how, how bad it was, but, but it did get hit. But it was two different tornadoes because the one went down through Russell Road and over to the bypass as a different one. That was a stronger one than the one that hit out here where we're at. So, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, we, we definitely want to send, uh, send our prayers out to, to all those affected by it. Like, you know, I, I've got a, uh, I've got a former former student who uh, lives in Murray and works in Mayfield, mm-hmm. and he's been going out to to kind of help with relief efforts and stuff out there. Yeah, but there's nothing left from what there's nothing left of, of Mayfield. I mean, it's completely. That, yeah. That's just, mm. He uh he 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 went specifically and like was helping with the candle factory. Wow. And he was telling me some just craziness and. Wow. I, I can't I can't even believe uh, begin to imagine you know what I mean I can't it's just like what I mean you just you know it's, it's it's crazy so yeah besides that yeah I'm pretty good now <laughs> yeah, yeah no I, we we got lucky we you know we got wind we got rain but that's really all we got it, yeah. it was weird the the storm kind of like went right to where we're, we're at and then went straight straight north. So none of the really, really bad stuff, you know, luckily uh, uh, hit our way. But I I know, yeah, Kentucky got hit and hit hard. So, yeah, we definitely want to send out our prayers to everybody affected by that. And uh, I guess there's another kind of rough front that just this week went through, if I remember hearing right, like Missouri and stuff like that. Uh, I saw some of the news tonight, like – Nebraska, Iowa, right now they're getting hammered. Yeah, and it's supposed to be coming, you know, this way again. But yeah. they're thinking it's going to it's going to weaken by the time it you know, gets to Tennessee, Kentucky. Yeah, no, no doubt. But specifically, Kentucky. I don't know if they can take another one right now. No, no, no. 
definitely came. So besides that, I'm doing all right. Still mad that CBS <laughs> moved 15 <laughs> to Paramount. <laughs> I'm mad about that. <laughs> uh, they're trying to get you to get that app, man. I ain't spending no more money. <laughs> no, that's just crazy. Come on, man. All, all the money you saved on uh on no longer having the, the network, or do you have Peacock? I don't have Peacock. They they screwed me on that one too. I still had a month on my network thing and they took it away, so they was gonna refund me and they never did. Yeah, because I used to buy three months at a time and I still had one month left and they switched it over. They sent me this thing from Peacock saying that they was going to send me a refund. And I'm still waiting on that refund. <laughs> Shocking. Well, just like in wrestling, the checks in the mail. Yeah, checks in the mail. Stay by that mailbox. I, I put it. In the, I sent it off. You should be getting next couple of days or so. <laughs> well, we yeah. we won't have to pay a dime for what we're going to watch tonight, and you don't have to pay a dime for listening to this podcast, and you get what you pay for. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to get more than we pay for pay for in this match because we are watching two greats in the ring. Yes, we are. But three greats with who's at ringside. We've got okay. Les Thornton, Gino Hernandez, and Gary Hart. Oh, that's right. Gary Hart's managing. Yeah, that's right. I remember you told me that's right. You just said that last week. I forgot about that. And it's Gary Hart with hair. Is it? It is. Wow. I knew he, he had it for a while, but I can't remember what, what actually time period he, he started shaving it. And Gary Hart, probably bigger than both the men in the match. Uh, taller, not bigger. Oh, yeah. Taller, Thornton. taller. Yeah, because Les Thornton, man, he was solid. Dude. Oh, Les Thornton was built like a like a spark plug, like just. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, I don't know why I did that for an audio podcast, but I was holding my shoulders I, out like I'm a big I saw guy. That. Like I'm the one can see that. That's cool. <laughs> it was a uh, it was an invisible lat syndrome. We knew a few guys who suffered from that. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Yeah, as I say, before we get too far off the rails, uh, this video is brought to us by our friends over on CWA Memphis on YouTube. Please give them a like and subscribe if you can. Um, the match is Les Thornton versus Gino Hernandez for the World Junior Heavyweight title. This is from Houston Wrestling. Um, and I was trying to get a date on this, and I probably should have done that before we hopped on. I do not have a date on this currently. But I will find it, and I'll have. Huh? Said it was last week. Thought you told us last week. We're like, you know, I may have. Maybe, I, maybe I was more prepared last week. I, I just found it as soon as I put it in. Um, October twenty fourth, nineteen eighty. Yeah, I thought you said. I thought you did last week. This eighty was sticking in my head for a reason. All right. <laughs> so this is around just over seventeen minutes. Uh, I've, I'm triple zeroed out. If you're triple zeroed out, double Q, we will get ready to hit play. I'm ready when you are. All right, and three, two, one, play. NWO on demand. You say NWO? Yeah, I did. NWO, NWO on demand. It's all Virgil yeah. matches or Vincent. Actually. <laughs> all right, here we go. Hey, that's that's your belt you like there. Oh yeah, the uh, I've seen that referred to as the Cloverleaf belt, but yeah, I do I do really enjoy that uh, that version of the Junior Heavyweight Title. Uh, who's the announcer in Houston again? I always forget his name. Paul Bosch. Is that Bosch? He usually he oh he I don't know if he he did the TV I don't know if he did the I can't I can't tell I don't look no no that's not him is it I can't that outfit he's wearing he's got a shiny gray jacket plaid pants an orange shirt well, look at that the little ring the assistant guy's shirt over there <laughs> uh, the uh, the polo with the 
The different hey, did that have a buckle on it, or is it all snaps? Uh, I think it was snaps. Okay. I thought I saw a buckle there for a minute, but I couldn't. Oh, is this that ref that's terrible? No, that's Bronco Lubage is the ref. Like I said, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Who is the ref? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if he gets down. Who is the, the ref we watched that used to be a worker? It was, it was from Houston. He was awful. Oh, Kozak. Yes, he was bad. Yeah, yeah, it was Kozak. Oh, nice little kick from, oh, Gino, there you go. Like Gino's pink tights and boots. Big buckle. The boots almost look tan. I know they're supposed to be pink, but they almost look tan. I the quality of it. Oh, yeah, there's a Bronco Lubitsch count. I ain't laying all the way out for you. No, we ain't now. Well, Bronco's got to be, what, 60s by this point? <laughs> yeah, he don't, he stays, it's a one near. He ain't going all the way down. I'm just waiting for the Frank Morrell foot stomp. Yeah. Oh, we got a trapezius hold on him there. <laughs> yeah, the little double trap hold. Well, yeah, Thornton's upper body's thick, really. Thick. Yeah, no, he's, he's a fire plug, man. He's just. I think Gino's been the same size since from like this time until he passed away. I don't know. I think I think he may actually look a little bulkier here, like not nearly as defined as he would look later. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's never a super body guy or anything, but he's always in no. good shape. He looks a little fleshy here, but big. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hmm. he, he's working out hard. Ain't oh. even the greatest. Oh, yeah, the kidney shot. That was cool. Mm, a little, little punch there, didn't he? <laughs> no, out of the ring. Uh-oh, Gary Hart going to get some heat. Oh. Bron- yeah, Bronco Lubitsch looks like my oh. Uncle Bud. The what? I, I had a, a great uncle named Bud. Was, he, he like and, he, and he looks just like Bronco <laughs> Except he wore his hair slicked back. But everything else, mustache, everything. Uh, Bronco's a slick back, but he's got that. Grandpa Munster sides going. Oh yeah, well that, that, that's the thing. Bud's uh, Bud obviously dyed his hair, but it was always jet black. Oh, he did a nice boot there. Yeah, this there kick, kicks he. Uh, he's sizing him up. Brock uh, turned around too soon. So Gino. from the the little bit of Gary Hart's book I've read, and I need to get back on reading that. Oh, guaranteed, there's a straight razor in that jacket. Yeah, they said he kept it in his jacket pocket, inside jacket pocket. Was it his inside jacket pocket? I believe so, yeah. He always had one on him, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Who's helping Thornton that back up? Is that a fan? No, it's the attendant who is with him. Okay, okay, got you. At first, I was like, did a fan come over there? Uh Uh-oh, he's got Gino's boot. He's going to pull him out. Uh Uh-oh, working the legs, boom. Those boots are glittery. I think it's just the patent leather. I don't know, man. It's shimmering. I I, I didn't think they had that (laughs) material back then. I know they do now, but it looks shimmery, man. Well, it's like dull here. He just kicked him in the butt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the the other kicks were to the hamstring, but that first kick was dead to the butt. Oh, big shoulder tackle. Oh, for a slam. Oh, big slam. For the cover. He get on both knees? I think he did. I think he slipped. Oh, float over. Oh, he almost did. He did with a small package. Did you see that? First fall. That small package was worse than mine, I think. Yeah, that small package. <laughs> he, he didn't hook the head at all. That was a little, little he rough. He just drove his head into the mat. <laughs> That's a quick fall, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Gino's Gary's like, man, you took a header on that one, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, buddy, you okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not the best. Yeah, because he went straight on his head, it looked like. Yeah, he didn't tuck at all. Bronco Lubitsch is kind of standing around be like, all right, guys, when are we going to start back? Yeah, he's like, uh, <laughs> like, okay, here we go. Oh, we got an interview. I wonder if he really got hurt and they had to splice the interview in. I like that belt. It's different. 
I do too, man. I, I, I really do. You know, the only thing I don't, I don't like about it is that it's a, it's a world junior heavyweight title and it just has USA stamped right in the middle. Does it really? Yeah. If that was removed, I would absolutely love that belt, but it just, it makes, it makes no yeah, sense. It's it's, got it, the and, and the, and the flags. It's got the world, but it's got USA right in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that and, and two American flags just dead in the center. Oh, that's odd. I wonder how, cause like, cause that belt, you know, got defended in Japan a lot and like Japanese guys won it. I wonder how wow. they felt holding the belt is just like, yeah, you're the world champion, by the way. USA. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that is odd. I've never noticed. I've never seen a good close-up of that before. Wow. Now, I, I did always think that this was the one that, uh, by the way, Paul Bosch's suit jacket is something. Oh, yeah. He's got like a, a silky blue shirt and yeah, the collar popped up over the jacket. Of <laughs> and it's buttoned down to like mid-chest. He's got a gold chain on. Paul Bosch kind of pimp. Um, yeah. his jacket looks like Al Borland from Home Improvement would wear it. Yeah. Red hey, that's the background NWA needs to use now. I love that old that Houston one. I wish they'd zoom out a little bit so so we could see it. Yeah. Okay, I, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, I get the general idea of it anyway. All right here we go. Oh, he's charging. Fault man. No oh, shoulders. Oh, big shoulders in the corner. Oh, heart grabbed a leg, didn't he? Sure did. Heart grabbed his leg. I, I like it too. It's just a, it's just a little slick thing that Bronco. You know, it wasn't so obvious that Bronco would have to say something. But. Oh, very punch him. Yeah, yeah, he did. Or yeah, just so little something that wasn't over. Oh, he just handed him a gimmick, didn't he? He sure did. What did he give him? Probably nothing. Yeah, I think he gave him a final. <laughs> that sell by Les Thornton. Oh no, he's got a little bulge. <laughs> Does he now? <laughs> you see it. That could be his pecker, Quentin. Oh, if his pecker's going sideways by his belly button, he's in the wrong business. There's a cover. I mean, have a north south cover there, ain't it? Never, st never stopped hoot. What? That it never stopped hoot. He stayed in Dude, wrestling. Who you says I pooed? I said, who's pooed? <laughs> oh, Poot Gibson. Oh, Poot Gibson or, Ro or uh, Robert Fuller. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. No kickstand man. Uh oh, reversing out of it. That that picture. Like, I think it was taken in 2000s, and he's wearing a blue Speedo flexing. I'm like, don't do that. Oh, he kicked him in the butt. You see it? Oh, yeah. He was back that time. First one was yeah, in the yeah. butt. Yeah, yeah. Now we're on the lumbar, but first one was dead in the butt cheek. Well, you know, sound pretty good there. Some facials. I'm trying to get to the ropes. Oh, Gary's, oh, Gary's, Gary's so ahead. much taller than everybody in the ring. Oh. <laughs> and Bronco totally no so. Oh, he's going after Gary. Whoa. But Bronco totally no sold Gary on the apron. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I was about to ask. Are they just allowed to hang out on the apron? I oh, love the overdramatic oh, cells of the gimmick shots. Yeah, he just passed it back. Thorne just like, oh, my head. Oh, God. And then falls. Nice knees. No, that's not glimmering. That's yeah, just. Uh, you're right. It's just patent. As a matter of fact, you should have shined them. They got some scuffs on them. Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh oh, is Thornton going to hulk up? <laughs> He's getting humbled. I mean, kind of. <laughs> kind of humbled. It's it's <laughs> that really lazy up. camel clutch where you don't even put the arms around the legs. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to sit on your back and pull. Yeah. Oh, here he comes. He's uh -oh. up. Yeah, up to the knees. Here he comes. He's going to less up. You want to give him a booty bump? 
No, he's elbow. Boom. Oh, nice uppercut. Yeah, a little there lifter action. Tackle. Tackle. Oh, tackle through the ropes. The old tackle poop can spot. You know what oh, I, love, I love about the watching this whole territory here. stuff? Oh, here he goes. He's going to post him. Oh, we missed it. He hit the post, but we missed the shot. <laughs> well, and it was also just uh, he's a Superman, apparently, and just launched him from mid-ring. Yeah, I think the guy who they were working a 20-foot ring. <laughs> Because he was like by the steps down there, and he threw him off. He ran forever. I'm gonna suplex him back in. Oh, brainbuster! That was hers. Uh, his elbows are. I hate this backward. Is elbow. it the backward elbow? Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, that that one was garbage. DiBiase had a good backward elbow. Yeah, Gino didn't though. Yeah, DiBiase's looked a hard times better than Gino's always did. Gino just looked awful when he did his. Yeah. Oh. The winner second, of second fall. fall, Gino Hernandez, ugly elbow off the top. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the backward elbow, just not that one. His, I don't think I've ever, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of Gino matches, but the ones I've seen, none of them never looked really good. Yeah, Dino so was, was that his finish? Was that his big deal? Yeah. Okay. That was his back, backward elbow was his finish. Yeah. Oh, nice stomp of the head. Uh-oh. Uh, Broncos will get on you. Oh, there's Gary going to come. Oh, Gary's at the second. Oh, Broncos turned around too fast. <laughs> Gary's like, hello, everybody. I'm just getting up here to wave. Yeah. Oh, now Gino's getting back on him. Oh, he goes out. Boom. Did they start to fall yet or not? I, I don't think so because Gary's still Gary in the ring. Him. I'd imagine they couldn't ring the bell with the, with the manager in the ring. It is Bronco, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, He'll be like, get out of the ring. All right, I told you. Ring the bell anyway. No. I think usually on these two out three falls from Houston, they clip it so fast that it – I think this one actually didn't clip it as much, the in-between – Falls. Yeah, yeah, they, they, sl- they slid that interview in between one. Boom. Big forearm to the chest. Oh, knee to the back. That looked good. Give me the big forearm. Boom. Look at that selling. <laughs> yeah, Les is almost going a little too far with the selling, but he also knows. Yeah. Hey, make Gino look good. Yeah. Paul will be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Daddy Paul handing out the envelopes. <laughs> oh, kick to the shoulder there. I'm wondering who this old brother second is right there. I don't know. Might be an old timer from that area or something, maybe. I don't know. Well, like Bronco's counting. <laughs> he don't get much into that count, does he? <laughs> no, I feel like, like Bronco just him. wants to, like, he always just wants to get it over with. Yeah. Oh. Good punches. Nice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, good punches by Thornton. Mm-hmm. He throws those little bolo punches where he twists the hand at the end, but it still look good. Oh, big running knee. Yeah, that that wasn't Gino going. Hey, hit my belly. Another big backdrop snapmare. Ooh, dropped the knee to the side of the face. Shoot in the corner. Nope. Backbreaker. Nice. Oh, Gary's in the apron. Boom! He's hitting him. Gary's not bumping though. <laughs> oh, because Gino's gotten the gimmick out. <laughs> what? What did he do to his eyes? Did he raked his eyes or put something in his eyes? I think he, he raked his eyes like, with the gimmick. Okay, because I was like, he sounded like he threw powder. Or... Oh, did they catch him? What? He wasn't even looking at him. He was still with Gary Hart. He didn't even see him do the gimmick. He didn't even see it. He's saying he did. <laughs> I'm sorry about this finish. I ain't your fault until we booked it. <laughs> guess uh, Paul didn't want his boy doing two jobs. Didn't want to do the job that night, I guess. Uh, that one guy with the British flags really happy. I know. He went around the ring, wasn't he? <laughs> the one British guy in Houston. He was happy as all get out, wasn't he? 
I'm you Americans suck. <laughs> Thornton selling the crap out of whatever he did to him. What he doesn't realize is he that guy's in Texas. He's going to get shot after the match. Yeah. Get, oh. oh, there he is. Oh, there's two. He's got some on his shoulders running with him now. Oh, may, may, maybe it's a little maybe it's a little kid, and that's like, hey, don't shoot me. I have a child. Yeah. <laughs> he went, I just saw he's still going around the ring. Oh, that's it. That was yeah, good. That was it. <laughs> that went so fast, dude. He did. It, and it was really good until that finish. And you know what? The finish probably wouldn't have been as bad if it was would have been so obvious that Bronco didn't see it. He wasn't even he was with heart. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna rewind it just to make sure I Yeah, I well, I'm I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm I'm pulling it back up. <laughs> Yeah, because I because maybe we like, missed it because we're I was also laughing at Hart not bumping. Yeah, that's true. Like Hart Hart was selling stronger than all the guys. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Down for the pin. Get some forearm, some forearm, some no selling. Brother goes into his tights. Oh, he, was. he looked right at him. Yep. No, nope, Bronco a- did. He looked right at him. We're wrong. We we're sorry, we're Bronco Lubich. <laughs> we're not used to you seeing things. Yeah. <laughs> He actually did see it. But it, it I just don't like the finish though. Even though he did see it, that's the world champion. He should go over. You know, you got you got your that's what the whole thing with the two out of three falls were, was your local guy at least gets one 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 of them on him, you know? Yeah. And and if it's a one fall gimmick, that's when you go Broadway. But the two out of three falls were set up to actually let your guy get a pin on him. Yeah, and he beat him clean. Clean yeah. in the middle with a terrible elbow drop. Yeah. So I just it don't I don't it makes no sense that um unlike unless they're gonna come back next month with it because that's what they did with the um what was it the uh Terry and Harley we watched remember yeah they came back the next month with it so unless that's what they're gonna do yeah we need to check that out and see in the cage match or wrestling data but if they don't come back with it that, that's stupid finish that's just uh, Bosch not wanting his boy to do the job you know well I'm there well that was also um, I'm, I'm looking through right now, and I don't see anything else of them. But I'm going to go to to actual cage match and see. Um, but I I, I kind I kind of get it because Gino, although he was a heel, was uh, he was one of Bosch's top stars. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. It's it's the world champion. You're not it, it to the people. It's not a it's not a a loss because you have a, you actually beat him in one of the falls. You know, it's not like your local champion. You know, it's the world's champion. You know, I mean, I get, I get it. Yes. You know, it, and that's why like I said that's why they would do. If it was a one fall, it'd always go Broadway. You know, because it, the whole thing, that psychology of man, that champion couldn't beat our guy. Almost, if he would have had five more minutes, he probably beat that champion. That's why you always leave that on that right there at that. When you do that one fall, sixty minute Broadway time of draw, you. Get it where he's got him. He hits him with his finish or whatever, and he's going. Might even cover him, get a one or two bell rings. So they get, oh my gosh, if he had five more minutes, who would have beat him? You know what I'm saying? It's that. And so if you did, did it one, two, or three, they'll be the fans are like, man, hey, our guy got a fall on him. Next time they comes, you know, he'll beat him. He's got his number. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, he uh, uh, he did not come back in wrestling. He didn't. No. Um, let's see. After this, uh, in Central States, Akio Sato would beat Les Thornton. That's interesting. I know Akio Sato had the belt. I don't think he did. Was it a DQ or something? It doesn't say by DQ, no. 
cow yeah. out. And then at the Cow Palace, Mike Graham beat him by DQ. Hmm. Um, let's see. Then back in Central States, he beat Eddie Gilbert in a World Junior Heavyweight title match. Huh. Back in Houston, he beat a guy named Don Diamond. Yeah, Don Diamond. No idea. Um, oh, in yeah. a World Junior Heavyweight right. title match. And then it looks like he went to all Japan where he tagged with Billy Robinson for the Real World mm. Tag League. Oh, wow. Hair. The, the very first match is them beating Baba and Prince Tonga. Wow. I'm assuming Prince Tonga is Tonga Kid, but I'm not. It, no, that's King no, Haku. It's Ming. Ming. Haku, yeah. Yeah, Prince Tonga. I, I thought she was going to say, I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. Not Tonga Kid. I, I didn't know he, he wrestled as Prince Tonga before. I know he did King Haku, but. No, Prince Tonga, I think, was his first name. Well, it was he was using that here in. Um, um Nashville. We were for Goulas. Um, so that that actually wasn't a real world tag league match, apparently. That's just a tag match. Because right after it, Baba and his actual partner, Jumbo, well, they beat Billy Robinson in Les Thornton. Mm. Uh let's see. They wrestled Mr. Sakuraba and Rocky Hata. They wrestled the Thunks. I'd like to find that match. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, they wrestled Prince Tonga and Rocky Hata. They wrestled the great Mephisto and the Sheik. Oh, that match went five minutes, 15 seconds. So, you know, (laughs) and it was by DQ. Uh, They beat the team of Jim Brunzel and Nick Bockwinkle. Hmm. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They went to a 45 minute time limit draw. Wow. I bet that match was awesome. Um, They were beat by Abdullah the Butcher and Tor Kamada. Oh, Tor Kamada and Abdullah the Butcher. I bet that didn't go long. Uh, 10 minutes, 56 seconds count out. Hmm. Uh, let's see. He had a singles against Maso Ito. Uh, they wrestled Dick Slater and Ricky Steamboat. That would have been fire. Mm. Uh, mm. Let's see. He had a singles against the great Mephisto that went 57 seconds. What? Then he wrestled Jumbo for nine minutes. Uh, wrestled Ricky Steamboat for 10. And then he's back to the States. Uh, and, and we're into 81 now. Wow. So, and he's doing some Georgia Championship Wrestling against Kevin Sullivan. Um, let's see some championship wrestling from Florida against you know a whole bunch of different people uh, like Hiro Matsuda, Sweet Brown Sugar, Mike Davis. Hmm. Uh, then he's back to Georgia wrestling Steve O, Steve Kern, Mr. Wrestling 2. Back to Florida wrestling Scott McGee, Hiro Matsuda, Sweet Brown Sugar, El Gran Apollo. That's cool. Uh, and then we go to Alabama for a shot against Jerry Stubbs. Back to Back to Georgia, working with Steve-O, Charlie Cook, Roberto Soto, Wrestling 2. Uh, back to Florida to defend against Hiro Matsuda and to wrestle Scott McGee, El Gran Apollo, Jerry Briscoe. Bet that one was awesome. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Manny Fernandez. So it's funny because all these ones he's losing, he's like losing to heavyweights. And that's always mm-hmm. been kind of like what the NWA did. They're like, yeah, these junior heavyweight champions, they'll beat all the other junior heavyweight champions, but they'll just be jobber fodder for the heavyweights. Yeah, they well, they would yeah, they you're very rare you'd see a junior beat a heavyweight guy. Well, but you would say, it, it but, wasn't just that they wouldn't beat him, that they would be jobber fodder. No, I wouldn't say that. Denny Brown? Because Denny Brown was a jobber before he was a champion. I mean, Nelson Royal, even on TV when they bring him in. He'd just come in and get beat. He was 85 years old. Whatever. He's still the world junior champion. 
No, his job and he wasn't. Him and Diddy Brown both were. Diddy Brown was always a jobber before he okay, was. Okay, but still, like, I, I would think, like, cool. No, like, let him, had, let him lose to Arn Anderson. That's fine. But when they put the titles on them, they didn't do flat-out squash jobs. Well, Denny Brown did. But yeah, no, yeah. Did. No, when they put the titles on them, you never see them on there getting beat when they were the actual champion doing no. squash. They, he just we, wouldn't wear the belt out. They'd say it on commentary. Denny Brown, world junior heavyweight champion. Oh, that match went three seconds. Arn Anderson punched him and hit him with the gourd buster. I don't remember those. Oh, dude. Was I, it worldwide or – <laughs> no, it was no. on. It was on the Atlanta TVs. Like, I find this. I have to look it up. <laughs> I don't, I'm gonna disagree with you on this one. I mean, I, I, li- I listened to the commentary on one of the Conrad's podcasts where he's going with Arn, and they're like, li- the the commentary is like 60 seconds because that's how long the match took. And well, during it, they say Denny Brown is the World Junior Heavyweight Champion. And okay, what time period are you talking? 86 ish. It's like, is I'm. I must be behind because they're only like an 85 while I'm, I'm listening to. Maybe it was 85. I, I'm not sure of the year, but it was that time period. I don't know. I, I just think I mean, maybe I was listening to on Shivani's podcast because he's a bit My ahead of, of Arn, and they're covering every week and not just Arn stuff. But no, I just – I don't know. It's always been weird to me how that – top guy, though. You I get it. See, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying he should lose. I'm saying maybe put somebody else in that squash job spot. I get well, that that Denny was a was a dependable guy who could make guys look good. I know, but what I'm saying is I don't ever remember him being doing squash jobs when they actually had held the title. But I can see if it's a top guy. I, I mean, it'd be different if they were losing to Sam Houston. <laughs> you know? oh, no, absolutely. I get. I agree 100 percent on that. You know or, and and it's, it's, again, it's not that it's not that he's losing. Hey, let him lose to a heavyweight. It's whatever. Well, here's my thing. Okay, you said '86. That title was on its was on its deathbed two or three times. They kept trying to revive it. And I, you know, if they were never going to do anything with it, I never understood why they would try to revive it. Because they never tried to. Even when they brought in that new, the new one that Nelson Royal like kept and yeah. and had up in his place. The we, I think we had the discussion about it, and I sent you a picture of it. But like. Yeah. The one with the red and gold and stuff like that. It looked, it looked yeah. like a newer belt, like one of the newer newer style yeah. belts. You know what I mean? Like even when he, they had that one, and they made a big presentation about like, here's the new belt. Denny Brown and Nelson Royal are going to wrestle for it. And then they pitch to the match, and they have the match. Well, you know, I, I, if I can remember right, well, at the time they were sending all their lower card guys to Central States to try to bump it up. And maybe, and maybe that's what they did with it. I'm wondering if that's what they did with that with that to give it to help because I know they were sending guys out there they still wasn't drawing so I'm just wondering if that was maybe the idea because it seemed like but I'm going back and, to and that, that may have been the thing because Rick may have been like I ain't going to Central States you know but you know like he went out there like twice um, but because um, I said like Dundee the Mod Squad George South who else went out there. I can't remember. A bunch of the lower card guys, they sent them out there. Um, we, you wouldn't see that back in the 70s, even in the early 80s. You wouldn't see it there, the junior champion. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree on that. No, I, I, don't, I totally agree on that. Not, I, at some point, they just kind of stopped caring. Oh, yeah. By that junior specifically. Probably, probably, they probably did. But like the heyday of it, I don't, they wouldn't have did that. 
I, well, I just don't, don't get why, like, if you're not, if you're not going to do something with it, just let it die. Just know. let it die. And if somebody's under a certain weight, but they're over, nobody's going to care. Yeah. Ricky Morton, when they were considering putting the belt on him, probably didn't break 200 pounds. No, he didn't. No. Nope. And did anybody care? No. Nope. Not a lick. That was the thing. He was the underdog, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, over. but that's the thing, like – did Rey Mysterio ever go for the cruiserweight title in WWF? No. I don't know. Did he? I don't think so. No. I don't think he even had no, a match no. for it. Didn't he? No, I don't think in WWF, no. Didn't for- um didn't what's his name beating for it? Matt Hardy? Or am I thinking something else? I mean, it's possible. But I, I seem to only remember him like them never putting him toward, you know, the uh I know I probably didn't. But I think when he first got there, didn't they? When they first got, or it might have been the Intercontinental. I can't remember. My brain is not like it used to be. <laughs> I am, let's see. List of WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Okay. They, they've got the uh, the Nitro. Okay, here we go. Uh, Kidman, X-Pac, Kidman, Tajiri, Kidman, Tajiri, Hurricane, Noble, Kidman, Hardy. Uh, Mysterio won it from Hardy. Okay, that's what it was then. Okay, go. so he, so he did he did win it a little bit. Uh, but it was after that. But they made him when they pushed him the main event status. Yeah, he was always. After uh, that, he, he actually won it a couple times. I guess I really can't. I, I can't say that. Maybe early on though, right? Huh? That was early on in his WWF state, right? This may have been when he first came in. Because it, saying, does, it says in the notes here, formerly known as Ray Mysterio Jr. So I'm wondering if he like came in. Oh my God! They just signed him because this was 03, yeah. and he and he didn't come immediately yeah. over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, that's yeah, because uh, that's what I'm saying is they probably did that when he first come in, and then when they realized they're gonna push him as a main event guy, top guy, they exonate him doing any more cruiserweights. Probably, maybe. I, I was kind of, I wouldn't say, I won't say really wrong, but I was more wrong than I thought. Like it looks like he won his last one in June of '04. Yeah, so he, right. he won it three times. Uh, see, so it'll be June of '03. December of 03, and then, man, he beat Chavo Classic for it on June 15th, 04. I bet that match was fun. Mm. Never mind. It was a triple threat with Spike Dudley and Chavo Classic. It probably wasn't that great. <laughs> uh, I, I, I knew when he first come in that they didn't push him to his top guy. He was like, yeah, and, then, and, then, and then after that, they were just like, hey, man, yeah, that whole cruiserweight thing, man. Yeah. Well, when they put him uh, feuding with Eddie. That happened about that time period. Yeah. So that kind of uh, ended that when they put him doing the thing with Eddie. Then after Eddie passed and they, they tied the rocket ship to him and lit the fuse, you know. Yeah. And then they deactivated it, obviously, in 07. All right. So I think we may have uh, spent enough time on uh, junior heavyweight and cruiserweight stuff. <laughs> we don't cover a lot of modern wrestling but uh something happened that hasn't happened in a while on the national tv we had a 60 minute broadway brian danielson and uh hangman adam page and from all accounts i've seen because i do not have uh tnt about said tbs they're not there yet they haven't had to break out the hose championship yet um (laughs) that's just unfortunate spacing on that logo Yes, yes. I, I would have a giant purple line between all the letters or something just to be like, this does not say hose. Uh, <laughs> but for, for the AEW uh, world, I guess, heavyweight title. I guess they call it a heavyweight title. I don't yeah. know if they put weight classes on it or not. But uh, it was 
Oh, no, um, I think it's just world world champion. I don't think okay. they put heavyweight. I don't think. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's Brian Danielson against Hangman Adam Page. This is Adam Page's first defense. Yep, that's wild to go to go Broadway. First off, no one goes Broadway anymore. No, like a legitimate Broadway. You know, they'll say we went Broadway and they did like a twenty minute time limit draw or thirty minute time limit, but like a true hour Broadway. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen some of the trying to think of, of a word to say that won't sound insulting, but some of the most stringent, I guess, of the old guard. I, I saw on social media talking great things about it. Yeah. What's your opinion? Because yeah. you actually got to see the full match. I saw I saw the last nine minutes, and it okay. seemed exciting. Um, really good. Um, I had heart, like I said, I remember you earlier. You used to talk, we did talked a few seconds about it. Um, how hard it is to to do sixty minutes nowadays, especially with the way matches are laid out nowadays. There's so much more stuff going on. You know what I'm saying. It just, it, it's hard to do one uh, with the new style. Um, Physically, it's hard to do one, period. Yeah, like you said, with the new style, it's so high impact yeah. and so quick. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. a pace that's almost impossible. Yeah. Um, so, they they paced it real good. I liked every part of the match except for one part, and I hated this. Um, they're on the floor, and Paige got juice. And he's down the floor selling. Uh, Danielson went back in the ring. And they had the doctor come over there and water, giving him water, checking on him, checking on him. And it then they went into pitcher and pitcher, still doing it. And it just to me it killed it. It's like the um was it about three or four years ago, NXT when Samoa Joe and Finn Balor had that match where one of them got, got busted open. Oh yeah, they did like a hard way and they stopped the match and got the bleeding to stop, right? Yeah. Basically same thing. Okay. My thing, and then they were like I said, they were pitcher and pitcher. So showing, and then they cut out a pitcher and pitcher and went straight to commercials. Why didn't they do that at the very beginning? Right, like not. But I, I assume, and, and I'm not sure on this, but I assume they're contracted to do a certain amount of picture and picture. For there the was show. some other time that was too long. He sat out there. It was stupid because in any other match, okay, because okay, here's the weeks leading up. This Brian Danielson was kicking people's heads in and. Yeah, wasn't stopping and checking on people. He just, right. And he hadn't used one. It was just a little trickle at the time. It hadn't got flowing yet. So I was like, oh, no. So so did he did he actually have good color? Because, like I said, I only it saw was, the last eight minutes. And, like, it had sweat off, I guess, by then. Yeah, it got there, and then it, it got there. And then, like I said, they went so long. Because it, it happened toward maybe 30-minute mark, maybe. Maybe a little earlier than that. Maybe 25, maybe around that time period. Right. So got going finally when they got back in the ring, finally got going. Danielson, uh, he was he was tatering to get it going. He got it going. And yeah, then, no, I, I saw a couple shots in that last that last eight where <laughs> where Danielson was just nailing him. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, he's trying to old school Buster back open. Yeah, he he sweated it back. Off. He sweated it off, but he could still see it in his hair. Where he's you know, so that was good. He's still see it in his hair, and when uh, that and the announcers covered up good, there's like. It's like, uh, yeah, the uh, blood isn't clotted back up, and that's when Daniels started t- tattooing him. And he's like, and he, and he goes, and Daniels is trying to bust it back open, though. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, um, he was, he was a, uh, he was tattooing him. And man, the thing about that, Danielson is like everything looks like it murders you, but you yeah, know it doesn't. Yeah, but um, 
if they would have cut that down some, because it looks stupid for Daniel to be sitting in the ring, standing around. It it just they should have shortened it. Let him jump there and grab him. You know, yeah. Going back in. How how long was like again? I didn't see it, so I really don't have it's the context. Go ahead. No, she said five minutes. Oh, yeah, it's like five minutes at least. Hey, why was there no no count out? The ref stopped the count too. That's what makes sense. Like I, I know they they were big big on the ref discretion, right? So if the ref decides not to do a count out, like they can get away with it on that because ROH would do that too, so that they could be kind of lenient on the rules. Hey, ref discretion, but five minutes is a long time, man. Because it happened before the pitcher and pitcher went to the pitcher and pitcher, and it came back. I think he was getting back in the ring. I think after they come back from the because they were pitcher pitcher for a while, then they went to regular full commercial, and then they came back. And I think they were either on the floor. Dancer was on for getting him, or he was calling back. I can't remember, but yeah, it was like like five minutes. So it was like seriously, it's like the whole picture in picture is like no. This is when you go full commercial, you know. It was way too long. Yeah, you know? I, th- I think if I saw that, that would that would bug me too. Again, I didn't I didn't see it. I'm only going off what I read. I will find a way to see it. Um, that's just unfortunate that that happened. But I mean, I'll, I'll say I'll say this: if Rudy Boy Gonzalez didn't bury that. And uh, man, nobody – this is the first I'm hearing of that, which is crazy. The only thing I heard about the picture-in-picture picture was I saw somebody on Twitter say, holy crap, Adam Page got me. His selling outside was so believable that I thought he was legitimately injured. <laughs> and that's the only I thing I got about the selling outside. I, Nowhere I, did they say it took that long. It, I could be wrong, but it's – because it was the whole picture-in-picture. Picture, and like I said, then they took the picture-in-picture picture off and went straight commercial. So it was, I just want to say it was five minutes because it was before they even went to pitcher and pitcher. He was already out there and the, the trainer guy was bringing water over, bottle of water to him while he was laying down. So, I mean, did they say anything as, as to why? They said they were checking on Like they didn't say, hey, they're trying to stop the bleeding or anything like that? I think they were checking on so he, he can continue. I think after, I don't, I don't know. And again, I think like to, to a degree, I think we're nitpicking a little bit, but at the same time, eh. Well, because like I said, last month, Brian Dance was kicking people's brains out. And they didn't stop oh, yeah. Much. You know, yeah. You can't have you gotta can't you gotta have it one way or the other. Well, they have you know? stopped the matches though. Hadn't that been finished where like he's stomping, 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 and then the ref just goes, Nope. No, they he put him in submissions, didn't he? He, he supposedly tore the one boy's leg out, his MCL, not to ban his teeth out, but I think he's made him submit, I think. And because yeah, he had the gimmick on him. And the um, and then Uno, I can't remember what he did. To Uno, I think he just stomped Uno. I may be wrong, but I think he just, I think he, I think with both Cabana and Uno, he knocked him out with the kicks and then just put him in the hole. Yeah, but they should stop it right there on the kicks. Agreed. I, I, oh no, I agree. I agree. There's a better way to do it. it it'd be like watching UFC and they grounded pound a guy to death and then yeah. put him in a rear naked choke and they stop it immediately. You know what I mean? Like. They tap because they're out, or they tap. Well, one of them, I can't remember if it's Caban or Uno, because I saw the finish on both those. I didn't see the one with Alan Angels, but uh, with Cabana and Uno, um, one of them didn't tap. Like one of them was in the hold and was out and just laid there. Yeah, it may have been Uno. That I'll say. So I saw stuff from the Uno match, and it looked like Uno Uno was getting murdered. Yeah, like the Cabana one, like it, it looked like normal Brian Danielson vicious. That one with Uno, though, wow. there were some open-hand palm strikes to the face. Yeah. That, my God. 
Yeah. Uno's an underrated wrestler. Hey, man, I'm glad you said that. I was thinking, I was like, I'm just going to say about Uno because I'm old school, but I like Uno. He can move for a big guy, and I know Cornette hates him, but I'm like, why? He's He does he does the style, and yeah. for a big guy, well, he, moves, he does it good. Now, he, Cornette still has the taste off from his earlier gimmick, the Super yeah, Smash Brothers gimmick. Uno and Stimified. Yeah, so he still has the Super Smash Brothers bad taste in his mouth, which don't get me yeah, wrong, but, I thought it was funny, but I could see where someone like Cornette wouldn't. You know, he had a controller on his side of his tights, and they hit the pause button, and he knew it. Yeah, but that was part, I mean, but but he, yeah, he, I think, yeah, I think he's totally underrated. I, I, I think he's a really good worker. I think Stu Grayson's awesome. Yeah, I think Grayson's really underrated, too, and it, it, it's, yeah, I think he's really underrated, too. I, I think some of their their double teams are a bit bit spotty and too much, but I think that about a lot of tag teams outside of like FTR. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, man, uh, and this isn't about Uno, but again, I put it over Uno. But Grayson, that uh, that Nightfall backbreaker he does, the torture rack just into a big backbreaker over the knee. I love yeah. it for two reasons. One, it always looks gross. Yeah. Well, three reasons. Two. He'll hit it on giant people that you wouldn't think he could pick up, but he's strong as an ox. Yep. And three, I'm a Batman mark. And that was like the whole name Nightfall is out of a Batman arc where Bane came in, broke into the Batcave, picked Batman up exactly like that. Like he designed this move after the comic book cover. He picks Batman up like that, presses him, and just breaks Batman's back over his knee. And that the, the that's that story arc was called Nightfall. So that's where the name comes from. So I'm a mark for that reason, but it just looks so good. Yeah, and you can tell he's safe with it. He never bends anybody, right? It's always hit and flop to one side, but it doesn't matter. It just looks like death every time. I'm not crazy about their their gory into like the flipping cutter. <laughs> I think that's too much. It's a neat move. I just think it's too much personally. Yeah. And it doesn't look vicious. Like it looks a like a whole bunch because it's just a cutter like the – the gory, no. like he doesn't go down with it. He just kind of lets him go. No. And no. I feel like that adds nothing. But I love that Nightfall backbreaker. No. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm really, I'm a little shocked. I'm learning more. Screw it. I wasn't going to call you out on this. But you're liking more and more people of the new time. You, you're like the Dark Order. I always, I call that tag team the Dark Order because they're the original two. Yeah, they are. Um, yep. Breaking news on the podcast. Quentin has become never seen him wrestle. I will put that caveat in there. He's never seen him wrestle. Quentin has become a fan of Danhausen. So yeah. essentially, Quentin loves that Danhausen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, who, who else? Who else are we going to learn that you're a fan of? Marco Stunt, your world's biggest Marco Stunt fan. No, I don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs> um, I don't know. I you've like, always I, liked I, Cabana. Yeah. So I can't say yeah. Cabana because you've always yeah, liked I've him. Always, yeah, I've liked him since day one, you know, back. I never thought his comedy went too far. You know, for 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 his the stage he was on, it was perfect. I, I always thought his comedy was kind of like Les Kellett British comedy. Well, yeah, because he he they patterned some of his style after him. Yeah, I, I, I've always I've always just thought it was like it was something that logically probably wouldn't happen, but it no. was never so far out of logic that you went, "That's impossible." Yeah. You know, it but, wasn't, and I and I love Chuck Taylor. I really like Chuck Taylor, but it, it wasn't the grenade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I love when he gets asked about that. He goes, I did that 14 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He's like, everyone buries me from a clip I did 14 years ago in Chikara, where we had ants and wrestling ice cream cones. And you remember that one uh, trios that had the big monster gimmicks come out? That one oh, trio Kaiju trio? Big Battle. I just remember they had these big monsters come out. <laughs> yeah, so so that's a, I guess you'd call it a, a wrestling promotion. Um, but they were big on, I believe they were big on G4, that gaming channel. Hmm. But it was called Kaiju Big Battle. And what it was, what a kaiju is, is like it's the Japanese mon- like rubber monster suit movies, like Godzilla, King Kong, stuff like that. And they would actually, on their shows, from what I've heard, apparently like in the ring, put up like fake cities too. So, like, while they would fight, they'd be knocking down these fake cities. Man, that's one of my goals. Anybody listening, if anybody listens, Jeremiah Plunkett <laughs> would love to be in a kaiju big battle. <laughs> I will go under any sweaty, probably smelly rubber monster suit you got, <laughs> and I will do it. Oh, man. But, I mean, you know, getting back to yeah, Cabana, you know, but I don't – I'm trying to think. Put it this way. I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown – on my own, not counting Dana wanting to watch it, which she hardly ever wants to watch it anymore. Especially I, now, I, her, her man's gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, she probably, we had probably watched it together in probably about maybe almost two months, probably. Mm-hmm. And we'd only watch it, she'd want to watch it maybe once a month. But for me to sit down by myself, I think it's been over a year. It's been way over a year. But I watch AEW every week. I like it. Yeah. Well, and at the beginning, you didn't watch it. No, but it's evolved a lot. It has evolved a lot. And I, I will say, I, I feel like AEW has slowed down a little bit in their style. Not, not a ton. Not not to where it's just like everything else. But they have slowed down a smidge. Um, personally, I think the Young Bucks are so much better as heels. I don't. They're too goofy. They're, I think their matches know. are better oh, as yeah. heels. But, but, but them, they're just... You can tell they're trying to be silly. Yeah, they're trying to be problem. obnoxious. Yeah. And they're but try- they're, but and they're like- never going to be tough guy heels who are going to insult your yeah. mom and you're going to fight them in the parking lot. Yeah, but but you can tell it's it's put on so much that you can tell, you know, sports. i tell you somebody, you'll never guess who I actually like, I like watching, you know, AEW. AEW? Main show? Yeah. Okay. You're a giant Hook fan. No. He's had one match. I figured I'd throw that out there. Well, um, that's another thing. How does he go and get and beat uh, the guy off the hood? I, I don't know how to say his name. Wait, good assault. In, in three minutes and basically get the whole match when Miro took like six or seven minutes and took a lot from him. How's that? Who's Miro's dad? <laughs> John Black. <laughs> Jack Dick McGillicuddy? I don't know. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you know Miro's dad's name? Jack Dick McGillicuddy. He's Irish. <laughs> He's Irish. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, no, yeah. yeah it's too, it, if you looked at both those matches side by side, you'd be like, something doesn't make sense here. Yeah. I'll say this. Hook impressed me. Yeah, he did. He did I think they waited, waited for he was ready. They didn't yeah. put him out there. Completely. Yeah. And, good. Like, and they didn't put him out on dark. To like have uh, matches and then they, they like waited till he was ready. Yeah. And they, here's the thing they get, they de- debuted him in Long Island. Perfect. Yeah. But also, he's been in the background of everything. Yeah. And even Same if it's hook. just like sitting there eating chips or something, yeah. he's always you know, there. You know, and, and they have a run in, you know, Tasman company, Sin Hook, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But uh, you still don't know who who it is? I used to couldn't stand him. Orange Cassidy? I, well, I, did, I, did we talk about that on here, about his gimmick? I understand his gimmick now. I, 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 think, I, think, I, I think we did, but I know you hated him at first. You were. Yeah, I, I get it now. But no, this goes back all the way to Chikara. All right. Is it Chucky e. T? I still don't. He's, I don't know. I still hadn't. I still think I should have beat him up that night. Oh, I, yeah. I got fired anyway, but uh, anyway. But. <laughs> all right. That was, my, that was my three guesses, who? Eddie I Kingston. I never knew you didn't like Eddie. I understand him. Really? Because I all saw was always Chikara stuff at the beginning. And all he did was go up and just open hand slap everybody. No sell everything. Okay, so when when you didn't like Eddie, are you specifically referring to his in ring? Yeah. Okay. But see, he didn't talk a lot in Chikara. Nobody did really. I mean, you know. Okay, so, I, I I can see that, but I I guess I can see that, but ah man, I've I always been a, I've always been a fan him. of Eddie. Was that thing? I don't think I ever saw him was his Chikara stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, don't, I don't know, man. Always been. I think from the first time I heard Eddie talk, I, I was a fan. I, I was not, when he was in, oh, was it tag team? He's in a tag team, like it was with Joker. I forgot what they're called. Um, but like at that point, I wasn't a big fan of him. But he was also like super green at that point. But the first time I heard him talk, he cut a promo about uh, going off for a while and getting lost in a bottle and stuff like that. And it was so real that it gave me goosebumps. And I'm like, something about this dude. And I've been a fan ever since. And like, he he cut one after Sweeney died because him and Sweeney were thick as thick. Bro, I cried. (laughs) There's nobody who can, right now, I don't, I can't think of one who can talk better than him. Oh, he can talk. He's definitely a talker. I think him and Punk are like neck to neck. So like the fact that they just did that one run in. Now, the best talker is Ed Kingston and MJF are the best talkers. I don't consider Punk the best talker. He's, I, don't, I, I, I think personally that Eddie and Punk are more versatile than MG, MJF. Oh, yeah. The reason I say but, this, they can both cut a babyface promo. Oh, yeah. We've never he seen MJF do it. No, because he don't need to. <laughs> right. But, like, it, I think if you're going to be a full railroad, I mean, we've we saw Punk. And back to back weeks, cut a babyface promo one week, yeah, and then just heal out Long Island. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> man, I would. Was it, is it the Flyers that he buried? Um, Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. Rangers. Islanders. Islanders. I would hate to be an Islanders fan in that crowd. Good God! <laughs> and it was all truths too, which is the worst part. <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to be doing real bad this year. So, but I like Eddie Kings because he. He's doing, I don't know, I think their emphasis on he's he's a brawler. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's supposed to be unpolished, just punch you in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it fits, you know. Well, but, but, um, and, and think about it, too. Who he styles all his stuff after, this, this is what he said he loved He loved on wrestling. Early All Japan, so we're talking like Jumbo to Masawa. So yeah. like that area of all the the area of all Japan, everybody likes. You know what I mean? Wow. No, nobody goes. Remember when Baba was in his prime? That was my stuff. Nobody says that. It's always like late eighties, early nineties. Like, oh, let me tell you this before I forget. Yep. Okay. When I didn't have no, you know, cable or internet, uh, those three or four days, got some old DVDs here watching. Dude, saw a match with Baba against Dick the Bruiser. It was in black and white. It had to be from maybe a good match. Oh my gosh. 
got crazy at the end. Then, match after that was Baba against Fritz Von Erich, black and white, probably mid-60s. That match, that whole match was wild. It was crazy. I was like, man, they, they were good matches. Oh, they were really good matches. But I think the best one uh, was, I think it was 79 or 80 from Madison Square Garden, Pat Patterson versus Bob Backlund. Man, you told me a, you told me you watched that one. Oh, you said it was fantastic. Oh, that match, oh, that was that was five star, man. I can't guys Patterson if you're was, if you're younger and haven't really watched a lot of Pat Patterson, do yourself a favor. Man, watch watch so old good. Pat Patterson. Do you think of him as one of the stooges? Watch old Pat Patterson. Boot camp mm-hmm. match with uh Slaughter. Yeah. But his Wait, stuff was, that wasn't boot camp match, that was a uh, New York street fight. Yeah, New York Street Fighter, because he said, I love New York shirt on. <laughs> yeah, they started but, out white. Yeah, but before that, when he was heel up there in WWF, um, his heel stuff was really good. But, yeah, he was a good baby face, but when he was heel, before he turned baby face. Oh, Patterson man, and Stevens. Him, oh, yeah, but it, it's hard to find. But you can find some that late 70s, early 80s, Patterson up and working for uh, for Vince Sr. And uh, – Man, it was good. Oh, it was awesome. But those two Bob matches, dude, I was I was shocked how good they were. Really good. Bob was brawling, and they were. It was good. And oh man, uh, uh, Dick the Bruiser, man, he was getting heat, and so was Fritz. Man, they were hot at, at both of them. Well, Fritz was it, a Nazi, was he not? At that time, I think he still might have been. But yeah, I think he was still doing. Maybe I can't remember when he stopped doing it, but. Man, it was just so good. Bob was really, I was really impressed how, with Bob's work in those. It, it's so funny because wrestling fans normally have a pretty long memory. Yeah. But nobody remembered Fritz Von Erich in the 80s. Nobody remembered. Hey, wasn't he a Nazi like 10 years ago? Was it mid 70s on when he turned babyface and, and when Texas was the top guy in Texas after he turned babyface? You know, all the way to he retired to 80. Yeah. Was 82. So yeah, he, he also Nobody, lost his German accent. Yeah, but hey, Waldo carried on the the family tradition though. <laughs> well, yeah, until they needed another Von Eric, then be like, hey, remember our American cousin Waldo, <laughs> or brother, or whatever he was to Fritz? I don't know what he was. Yeah, I know he was Because I saw some like seventy eight Madison Square Garden, and he was still doing the gimmick. Waldo was since like seventy eight. <laughs> Brother, I can show you 09 Columbia where there was a guy still being a Nazi. So <laughs> I, worked, I worked one in um, 09, 08 in Laverne. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the same guy. Yeah, I know. Then he became a Harley guy and then a cowboy, or maybe vice versa. It was one of the two. God rest his soul. But um, he carnied the heck out of me one time. <laughs> Have I ever told you about this? I'll tell it on the air. I don't care. He got me. I don't care. Um, there there was a pair of belts that I'd always really liked. Oh, yeah, oh, you know about? I have told you about this. Well, yeah, yeah. They they, they looked they looked similar. They're very trophy shop, and they were very old. But they looked, or I say they're very old. They probably just weren't very well taken care of. But they looked similar to the uh, AWA Southern tag team. Titles. It wasn't that old. It wasn't that old. Okay, well they were not well taken care of. Um, yeah. but, but they look similar to the AWA Southern Tag Team titles. So you probably know like what promotion they were from and everything. Um, it was, uh, Crow made them for uh, McMinnville. And okay. For, for, uh, for Steve Bryant and Randall Fanning. And, I, and actually, I'm not sure who really carnied me on it. No, <laughs> no, no, it was, it was him. Um, 
So I bought them from one of my old trainers who had them. And I saw them and he offered me 200 bucks. And I'm like, heck yeah, 100 bucks a belt. That's not bad. You know, even in the shape they were in, right? Like it was still, and uh, that was a lot of money for me at the time. But then I saw him and he saw them and said, those are stolen from him. And I felt really guilty and gave them back to him. And then come to find out they weren't his belts ever. Uh-uh. <laughs> so he got me. He got me good. Oh, <laughs> oh well. To be green and dumb again. I can't, I can't blame get called out saying I treated green guys bad. <laughs> uh, 35-year-old me would have been like, got 200 bucks. That's what I got in him. <laughs> Actually, 35-year-old me would be like, got 350. That's what I got in him. <laughs> no, I guess you need to talk to Lee. <laughs> but, uh, live and learn <laughs> all right well, well um, that worked into a segue yeah so Wait, did, um, did we get your guy what guy that you really like uh, i told you eddie kingston okay yeah okay we did get there sorry <laughs> I, I knew we went off on a little tributary there and i was like oh god if we don't get back now we never will um, yeah, exactly <laughs> so so that was a perfect segue though as we talk about trophy shop belts <laughs> Next week for the holiday episode, we will be doing something that we discussed doing months ago, and then it just kind of went away. Yeah, I think actually, I think it may it may have been the end of last year when we're deciding what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. When we got done with uh, Memphis '87, we're throwing around ideas. Yeah. So for the next seven days, we will be compiling pictures and a list of each one of our top five belts. Now, we will release this on Spotify or whatever you listen to it on. Yeah. Um, but I will highly recommend, and we we need to make sure when, when we post it, everywhere we post it, to like really push the YouTube because I'm going to go in and put the images as we're talking about the belt um, in the YouTube so that you, know, you can look at what we're looking at. Um, but yeah, we're going to do our best. So, you know, at, because we put the same rule that we did on the matches, it can't be, what was the year? It's, it's mid-90s, early to mid-90s. I forgot what it. 95 is as far as we went. Yeah. With the mountain match. Right. So we're going to put that on there. Um, and we're going to try to keep it territory, I think, just so it's not like, here's the winged eagle. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> we're going to try to keep it territory. If something pokes through. You know, it's whatever. We're not going to be super stringent about it, but we're going to keep it prior to 95. We're going to try to find as much good imaging as we can on it. Uh, some of the older, more trophy shop belts and stuff like that, we will do what we can. Um, or we may have to use an image of a, uh, a reprint or a replica, um, but we're going to try to be as a hold to as original as we can with it. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I do want to throw this out there. I do say we rank them. Like when we list them, instead mm-hmm. of just being like, here's five belts I like, like this is my number five. Then like you'll do yeah. a number five, I'll do a number five. You'll do a four, I'll do a four. And that you know, that in that way we can see if we have any overlap too and stuff like that. But I, I think we go in there blind and we don't beforehand go, hey, do we have any overlap? I doubt we will. <laughs> um, Quentin has a, how, how would you say it? Would you? Do you say it's like a, an odd fascination or what with horrible looking belts? Yeah, well, just like the most tro- like the most trophy shop of trophy shop. Yep, that's me. 
That's my. You know, if it looks like you could walk through a trophy shop and literally pick everything up and glue it on a piece of leather, Quentin might like. It. Yeah, I would. <laughs> so, which I am really anxious to see what kind of uh, pictures he finds. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Yeah, no, this is gonna be a, a real fun one. We're not going to have to worry about breaking down a match or looking up a video. We, we just get to get some pictures together and we get to talk about the belts and we get to get to giggle about stuff. And it's going to be a, a lot of fun. Uh, and I figure that's a really good way to, I don't know, are we going to end out the year with that or are we going to do one more on the 30th? I'm just looking at the taping schedule. I didn't look at the calendar. Yeah. So um, we, we tape on Thursdays for those of you who don't know. Um, but so the next episode will be taped on the 23rd and released on Christmas Eve. And then with, following our normal taping schedule, we would tape again on the 30th. What, it depends on you how, if you got time to edit it and everything. I don't know. I'm, and I'm, well, I'm, I'll, I'll I'm free the I'll, 31st until about, oh God, I don't know, until about well, noon. You'd have, you'd have to get it to me on the 31st because I'm leaving on the 1st to go to my dad's for a few days. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to you on the 31st. But yeah, if you if you want to do one one year in blowout, let, let's do the yeah, year in blowout. Um, we got to think of something special for that. So that's something else we'll do in the seven days. Let, let's think of something special to do for the big year in blowout and, right. and go from there. Something, never mind. I, ah, how can I? Hmm. Just save it. I'm just trying to think how I would how I'd get it to where we could both watch it. Because I've got a match of ours. <laughs> I, well, I've got two things. I've got a match of ours, and I've got copious amounts of my backyard stuff. <laughs> I'm talking insane amounts. Holy. And I can't post any of it with raw footage because we were dumb kids and probably saying stuff that would get us canceled nowadays. <laughs> So I, 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 I figured the only way I could post full matches of these is if somebody else was doing commentary on. So, but, but yeah, so we'll, we'll have some, uh, we're, our, my, our brains are going to be working in two, in two weeks. We'll have something planned for the big end, end of year territorial wrestling review blowout. But next week, next week, battle of the belts. There you go. <laughs> Your five right. against my five. What is it? Teams of five fight to survive. Did you just make it up? No, Survivor Series, baby. Oh, Duh. <laughs> it's it only team team of five for a few years, and then Vince was like, "Let's do four. <laughs> People couldn't see around the ring. Yeah, <laughs> we got um. All right, who are we plugging real fast before we get out? Of oh yeah, Let, let's get those out of the way. All right, guys, please be sure to visit our friends over at CrowbarPress.com. Our good buddy Scott Teal, pick up the. Uh, well, you've actually been looking at some stuff from Scott. Does he have anything new or in the works? <sighs> Or was that just DVDs you've been sent to review and you had time to do it? No, this is old stuff he gave me that he didn't need no more. Oh, okay. Okay. No, well, then, in that case, the newest thing from Scott Teal is Tonight, 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 the story of Burt Prentice's uh, life. Uh, pick that up. I've heard good things about it, specifically from Bill Barrett. Uh He said <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty funny to read and relive, so I'm sure there were some good stories in there. Um, I don't know if he talks about the match that Mike Porter and Bill had, but the conversation about the book led into Bill telling me about that match. So I hope Bill writes a book one day and puts it in there. Cause that was pretty entertaining. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking, speaking of books, we got our friend, Chris Michael's book, indestructible Chris Michael's story. Uh, you'll have to find him on social media. 
but find him on social media and he'll get a book sent straight out to you, autographed and everything. Put whatever you want in it, I'm sure. Let's see, we've got, what did we end up renaming it to? Quentin has rebranded what was originally UWA Luthez, or UWA Fez 1976. It's just Luthez UWA now. Okay. Uh, so look up Luthez's UWA over on Facebook. And I wanted to ask you if you saw this. I'm sure you did. Yes, Go ahead. I, I think we're on the same thing. Now I'm sure however you say the guy's name has found more UWA TV. So I'll put the link up there on my on there. So go check it out. It's crazy how there was only two shows for all these for 20-something years. No, hold on, from 76, uh, early 90s, the two shows popped up. So since, let's say 92 till now, almost 20 years. No, almost 30 years. We've got three, four more shows just popped up. That's crazy. I would so, love, have you reached out to this guy? I haven't. I would love for you to, to reach out sometime and maybe... We've never done, well, we've done a guest here or there, but not a lot. I would love to if we could possibly, because Monty will probably never be on <laughs> as much as we try. Well, I love this guy. If he, I don't know if, because he already don't have a lot of wrestling on his, his, on his Facebook. Right. So I don't know if he's actually a wrestling fan, if he just found the stuff or what. Well, but you know? even then, like the story of, hey, where did you find this stuff? I think would be an interesting story. Um, and, you know, when you saw it, what made you go, hey. You know, if he's not a wrestling fan, what made him go? I wonder if anybody would be interested in this. Because no. it's very possible he bought a box from an auction or a storage unit, found yeah, all this he stuff. He got it from somewhere. And thankfully had the presence of mind to go, hey, let's put this on YouTube and see if anybody's interested in it. Because these are masters. Yeah. They're from this the footage master. is so clear. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Luthez's UWA, which apparently, did you know, um, if what I was reading has been true, he was doing this in Mexico before. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see. I, I, knew, there, I knew there was a UWA he's in Mexico. Like, he's had like three UWAs. He had the national one when he shut down. When that all fell through, fell out. Um, actually, I actually found some shows late '76, early '77, up in somewhere in Kentucky. I found the advertisements, and he it was already a show going, and so he got in with this. Whoever ran this, I can't remember. I, I got it on my computer, on my files. They, they named it UWA for like a couple months, and then they stopped calling it UWA, and I noticed he wasn't on the cards no more. Uh, then sometime in 77, he went to Florida, opened up uh, him, and he got somebody to back him, and they opened it, which this was, I don't know what he was thinking. If he couldn't beat Goulas, I don't know why he's thinking he's going to go into Florida and try to run against Graham. But he yeah, went to Florida. Insane. Yeah. So he went, you know, especially in 77 and went down there and started up UWA down there with, uh, with somebody. And I don't think that lasted, didn't last long at all from what I've been able to find about it. And then he went to Mexico. So. Okay. So Met, the, the way the, the article I read, read like Mexico was the first stops, but it was actually it might, the last. It, it, I don't know. I don't know if it was the first or the last, but it was either the first or the last. Okay. <laughs> it was either the first of or the last. Gotcha. I don't know which one. Because I think, I want to say it might have been the, is it the first place? Because I think it might have been the last, because I, I want to say he had something to do, because it was still going uh, up into the 80s, but wasn't uh, Mexican Angel, what's his name? Um, Flor, uh, oh, I can't remember. Worked from Mexican Angel for Goulas. He had something to do with it down there in Mexico. I can't remember. I, it's all jumbled together. But anyway, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so Nashville wasn't his only UWA he tried to start up. So, do you think there's anywhere he could have ran in, went and set up shop and took over that time period? No, like because I was sitting here thinking and I was like, well, Central States never did good, but at the same time, I'm like, well, Central States was good in the 70s, okay. Cause, but I, you know, e- even if it, he tried to go in there during the not good years, he still had Harley and Geigel and everybody in the office. And they could pull in a favor anytime they needed it and get a stacked card to run against yeah. them. Um, there's nowhere. I mean, for his style, it was more of a it was more of a northern style, and all the big places were already established, you know? Yeah. It, you think he could have went out to LA and tried? Because no, they're one of the first territories to fall. Um like I don't know about the time period, but I know LA was one of the first ones. Yeah. To go, hey, oh, yeah, man, uh, we're done. Yeah, the LaBelles. Um, I don't think he wouldn't. I wouldn't because it's just hard to go. Because because uh, didn't Murdoch and Bulligan actually, after they bought Emerald, they actually went out there and and, and didn't succeed. Um, oh, see, I, I didn't know they ever went out to California. I know, I know yeah, Mulligan I, tried Southeastern, and that didn't go well. From and, what I, I I saw it somewhere, I'm, I'm pretty sure about this. I know my brain's kind of warped now, but I remember seeing some footage of them advertising in California, and it was when Mulligan and Murdoch was running, and they went out there, and it, I don't think they were there out there long. They had TV. They had the NWA gimmick. It might have been after LaBelle shut down because that's about the same time period. That, so um, I just think it would just – I don't know. It's one of those – it's funny because they did so good in L.A. for so long. I don't know, you know. And then, Cal, then you know, then it wasn't too much longer. Uh, Shire basically closed down, you know. He lasted a little longer, what, like the 80, 81-ish or something like that, 82 yeah. maybe. Then he shut down. And then Vern tried to go in there in Oakland and all that with his with TV, and he never really drew really, really good, you know. So, um, I don't know. They seemed like California was the first to, to, um, to die, I guess. Yeah. You know. But I just don't think Thais could have went anywhere because everywhere was established in the 70s, you know, and run. I mean, because didn't uh, George Cannon, he tried to run against several times. Uh, was it like Detroit, Toronto, that area? And it fell. I think he did that a couple of times. And then he had, was it Eddie Ihorn, IWA? Um, they were trying to, they were actually was going nationwide. They tried to do nationwide way before anybody else thought, and that didn't. And it basically turned in after a couple of years. I think it it became like a South Carolina, North Carolina independent. Uh, basically, what that turned into. They were going different places. But I just I just don't think it was a place for them to go. Um, and Nashville was so small at the time. Nashville was um, oh gosh on Nick's side of the territory. Chattanooga was his main town. Birmingham, Huntsville, and Nashville, and. I think Huntsville and Nashville did about the same. Nashville might have been a little little bigger than Huntsville in the houses. So him to go in, and eventually, I think in April, end of April, first of May, he actually went in. He went into Chattanooga to run against Nick. But to start off in Nashville, when Nashville was only drawing fifteen hundred people, you know, yeah, that's kind of because Nashville because the building Nick had only held like fifteen hundred people. You know, they every now and then they get two thousand there, but that was putting a lot of ringside seats because they had the bleachers off, you know, and they had all, because they were in that building and the ex- exposition building. 
expedition, but what do you call it? You know, with the low ceiling and it had the rollout bleachers and the building wasn't wide, it was long. So they would have had a lot of ble- they could have put a lot of things in there. And I do have some of the some of the uh, 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 attendance record sheets that filled out for the state audit commission in 78. And they were they had a couple houses at 2000, but I put 2000 people in that building, dude. It that's a lot of floor seats. So there, I just don't see, I don't know why, I think because he had good money backers is why he did Nashville. Um, but realistically, it wasn't going to work. And at that time period, any of your big t- towns, you know, had had somebody there. So it, I don't think it was going to work anywhere. So. <laughs> yeah, no. I know I, it was a long way around that, but. No, I mean, I get it. All, all the guys were also so set up there you know, where they were, you know what I mean? Their territories were, had been established for years. It's yeah, not like any of these ter- territories were brand new. Yeah. Cause that's like, uh, uh, Dick, the bruiser tried to go in the, sometime in the seventies, try to go in and run Detroit against Sheik. And he had a good little run for a while against Sheik, but he, it, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't dethrone him. Pretty much. Yeah. So, you know, so it's just not, everybody had territory and been there for a while. So, yeah, had already established their fan base and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, he might could have went up, uh, and try to go like maybe Idaho, the Dakotas, but Vern did the Dakotas a little bit, you know. Yeah, you know, a couple times a year, but the, but that that's the thing is, though, I don't think you'd establish a full time territory in, in those states because nobody ever did, you know. Yeah, no, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you could. Yeah, anywhere it wasn't established, there's a reason why it wasn't established. Yeah, and usually yeah. it'd come out to something like population density. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I just don't think I, I just I just there was like I said he had good money people invested and but it just it just wasn't gonna work. The styles was too different anyway. Yeah. You know. So I mean he had good talent. You know he had some, but he, he had some of uh, Gillis's older guys like uh, Lorenzo Parente. You know he was what a spoiler was he a spoiler. Think when he won the spoilers, I think. Or... There was a spoiler on one of the episodes that I watched a little bit of that I was pretty no, that, sure was Frank Morrell. That's Frank Morrell, yeah. But there was I, a, was it the, there was the spoilers. He was either spoilers or the was it medics maybe or I know one of the he? videos had medics on it. I haven't watched that one yet. Well, that's, that was uh, what was that Jim Starr and Tom Andrews? That was the the medics. That was the the interns. Interns. That was the interns. That was the real interns with Dr. Ken Ramey. But uh, now he was the other guy, uh, Parente, he was one of the, he worked for Goulas for a long time under masks and stuff. He was a top guy. Um, but that was, you know, by this time he was basically semi-retired. You know, and you had Frank Morrell who worked, you know, the territory, you know, worked a lot of the, in the Southeast. Um, but a lot of those guys were, um, wasn't from around here. I mean, you had like Mike Boyette who had a little stint with, with Goulas, um, but he was mostly out of Mobile. Um, Troy Graham was in one of the videos I was watching. Yeah, he was on the job guys. Him and it's Troy Graham, Jack Graham, they were the job guys. But I'm talking about the guys that they put over. Um, uh, Siegler, Tommy Siegler, he worked he – right before that, he worked a little bit of Knoxville before this. But I think he was mostly in the Carolinas. Um, but, yeah, that, that's really not many local guys. Um Oh, did you see? Did you see the one match with George Weingroff? No, I, I literally just watched a little bit of one. I'm going to go back and watch. Watch, watch it. has got George Weingroff on it. He's wrestling Mr. Wrestling. 
It's a 14-year-old Terry Gordy. And look how good – watch how good Terry Gordy was at 14. Oh, I'm excited Amazing. to see that. Amazing. Amazing. I didn't know who it was so because uh, I asked – because I, uh, I forgot when I first got the tape in 92. Um, uh, or was it 90, It was 92 or 93. I got the tape. I can't remember what it was. Actually, I think I'm 92, and then I – well, I finally was got. I was when I, I got him in '92. Was watching him, and then in '93, I, I started working a lot of cards with George Weingroff, and it took me a while to talk to him because I was so, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, intimidated. Intimidated. Intimidated by him. So finally, after I got around rough, so I asked him. I said, "Who was the Mister Wrestling on the UWA uh, Luthes promotion?" He said, "You don't know who that was." I said, "No." He said, "That was a 14 year old Terry Gordy," and I was like, "What?" And then after that, it's been out now. Yeah, it was it was fourteen. And, and I got his application wrestling license, and they gave he has a work social security number and worked aged on it. He's eighteen on his application instead of fourteen. But you look at him, you cannot tell that's a fourteen year old boy. He was already a man at fourteen. That's crazy. So, yeah. Oh yeah. All right. We went way over. Yeah. <laughs> Last uh, one we did good an hour. I think we're like two hours tonight. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think what, what else we may have missed. Uh, definitely, you know, like and subscribe on our YouTube page, please. Uh, Monte Carlo's page. Yeah. Uh, also head over to WMF Medium Rare. Uh, Monte Carlo is putting out, I think he's sticking to one, that once a month right now. Um, but yep. hopefully uh, we get enough people over there. He'll maybe he'll upload some stuff uh, and get a, get us some new, even if it's just Kevin Jones stuff at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, go and like subscribe to all the people videos we use yeah absolutely uh, please show them some love because we're yeah. using the heck out of them yeah we're using their stuff so yeah go to there anytime we, we, we you know we tell you who we're watching it from and everything and we all, and i always give the link on the facebook page of, of where the match is at if you just want to match by itself uh, but you always like subscribe to those guys because they're put they're putting the time put out there on youtube and we're using it so go give those guys some love i love them but uh, I think that's it. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you want the Territory Wrestling Tees official T-shirt or just any other random shirts I happen to have on there, storefrontier.com backslash Plunky's Gimmick Table. I'm in the process of moving everything over there, but I do have the uh, Territory Wrestling T-shirt over there, as well as my Disney-inspired, we'll, we will say, Heels Don't Get Happy Endings T-shirt. Um, and, yeah, like, like and subscribe our stuff. Your NWA stuff, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I'm fired. Uh, <laughs> and be sure to subscribe to the NWA package over on Fight TV. They also have the replays uh, of the most recent pay-per-view uh, out of Atlanta, GA. And I just slipped on what the name was of it. <laughs> I totally forgot the pay-per-view name. By any means necessary. Boom. Um and the new show they got coming up on YouTube. Oh yeah, uh, starting January eighth, uh, NWA USA will be debuting on YouTube. Um, it'll have a lot of the matches from the uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship tournament, uh, as as well as just all, all the different stars that will be on. It'll be a sprinkling and kind of a crossover of people from Power, people and people from USA will go to Power. Uh, just more content, more content, and this is free content. Uh, people are asking for a return to YouTube, so you got it with NWA USA. Cool. All right. I think that's about it. You got anything else to add? I, I'm good. Well, if you're done, I'm done. Stick a fork in her. She's done. For Jeremiah Plunkett. Hey, that's me. Thanks for listening. God bless. Bye-bye, everybody.
Thank you.